Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Let's catch up with another one of our regular contributors uh, to The Opinion Line uh, on the subject of COVID-19. That's Professor Christine Lush, Professor of Immunology at Dublin City University. Christine, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Very good. I think I was out last night, Christine, and I was talking to a few people and they were asking me, PJ, are they going to lock us down again? Is it really going to get out of control again? I'm scared. What is the story? I don't think we'll go into another lockdown. And I think that's because while we're worrying, while people are focused on the case numbers at the moment, um, and they are higher than we've seen before um, uh, this year, I, I do think that we need to just keep on remembering that the translation into hospitalizations, severe illness and deaths is much lower at this case number level than it ever was before. And that's because of our vaccine wall. So I think that, you know, we're, our hospitalizations are obviously a concern, um, but they aren't, you know, translating in the same way as as they would have earlier this year. So we're going to see higher numbers coming into the winter. I mean, just like all of the rest of the coronaviruses, you know, uh, SARS-CoV-2 is going to be at its best in the winter time. It's a seasonal virus. We haven't done winter with Delta before. So, I mean, the, the, the fact that we are only at this level with how transmissible Delta is, maybe five times more transmissible than Alpha that we were dealing with in January and February and March. So, you know, I think we're, we're doing a pretty good job in containing and stabilizing. I know we've just had a surge, but it's kind of stabilized again. We might see another surge and it might stabilize again. Mm. But I think that's what's to be expected. Remember, we opened everything up coming into the winter. We literally, in the space of six weeks, we opened schools, universities, Everybody went back to work. We opened public transport um, and then, you know, we opened all of the rest of the hospitality. Of course, that meant that people were going to be interacting more. And of course, it was going to impact on case numbers. But we need to focus on the hospitalizations and the ICUs. And they are not where they were before, even though we would always have a concern about where they might go. I did some comparisons during the week. And as you know, the HSE publishes a report every evening without fail on where the hospitals are. And you're right, of course, a quarter of the uh, ICU and hospital admissions that we had back in January. But at the same time, we've also got other uh, reasons for people to be in hospital particularly respiratory reasons. We've got RSV out there running riot among among children. So we are in the squeeze in the hospitals, Christine. We can't argue against that. 
Yeah, no, we are in the squeeze, but we're not, I don't think we're in the same squeeze as we were before. And I think that there's one key problem that we have at the moment. And that is that when you look at the case numbers, so over the last two weeks, which are, which we know are about 42,000, when you look at those case numbers and look at the number of cases that translate into hospitalizations, you're talking about 350 to 400, 63% of those were in people over the age of 55 and 60. And and they are the people that are desperately needing those boosters because waning immunity, while it's completely normal after a vaccine, it's 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 a problem against Delta. And that's because Delta is yeah. a really good virus for causing infection. So I do think that the one thing that's going to impact and on those translation of cases into hospitalizations and, and decreasing that number is getting those boosters rolled out as quickly as possible. That is the one thing that's going to impact on that number. And if you impact on that number, our hospitalizations should go right down. Do we need to start um, giving boosters to those below 60? So we, we will, I would say we will need to start giving boosters to the other age cohorts you know, when they come up to five or six months after they originally got them. So once we finish with the over 60s, we need to start going down through the age cohorts the same way we did before, because the science would say that when you get your booster, it looks like you're going to have such a high level of immunity that it's going to last for mm. much, much longer. Because so it, it seems to really act very fast, fast and give a very high response in, in, uh, to, to, yeah, and particularly to Delta, which is great. Yeah, and and particularly those, remember, the other issue that we're facing at the moment is a lot of healthcare workers are getting COVID, but also the people in the over 60 category, a lot of them got AstraZeneca. And we know that AstraZeneca is just not as good against Delta um, as the Pfizer was. So them getting a Pfizer booster now would be really, really good for them, would really give enhanced immunity. Lots of research showing that when you mix those vaccines, you get a really, really strong immune response. So they'd have great protection coming into the winter. But but the key thing is, is pressing fast forward on those boosters. Yeah. Are there new generations of vaccines in the mix, Christine, that will deal specifically with Delta or give a longer lasting immunity or maybe tackle the big, the big one, transmission? Yeah, so essentially when when we faced into the alpha wave at the start of the year, Pfizer actually tweaked their mRNA vaccine. And that's the great thing about mRNA vaccines. They're really easy to tweak. So they're basically a set of instructions for your cells to make a protein. So it's easy just to tweak the instructions. And what they did was they made a tweaked version of their of their mRNA vaccine against alpha, did a short clinical trial and showed it was really good. And then of course Delta came along and my to my knowledge, they have actually done a tweak and they've tried it against Delta. But what they are doing all the time in the background is they're tweaking their mRNA and and showing that they can quickly put something into mass production if we need it. And the only real reason we would need it is if something came along that was much more transmissible or that caused more severe disease. And I think that the the only one that will probably come along, in my opinion, is maybe something that's more transmissible. Um, it wouldn't be a good evolution for the virus to cause more severe disease because it would kill its host. That's not really good for a virus. A virus wants to infect and live. Um, so I do think that we have the ability to make a tweaked version of a vaccine very quickly if we need it. And that's what the companies are focused on at the moment. So I think that's very positive and very optimistic going into the future that we have that technology there now to do that. Yeah. 
looking at AstraZeneca and indeed Johnson & Johnson, which we kind of pushed out of the picture now, we're not doing them anymore. I, I read somewhere, though, that when you give someone a Pfizer on top of a Johnson & Johnson that they originally got or the AstraZeneca, there's a tremendous response within the immune system. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, that was, you know, what I was referring to just a couple of minutes ago in terms of that mixing, mm-hmm. that the mixing is actually um, has actually shown a really like almost like a little bit of a super response. So is that what they call memory cell people, immunity or what? So essentially you get memory cell immunity when you get any of the vaccines. But what this will do is it gives you much higher quality antibody, but it also gives you much higher levels of antibody and much more in terms of numbers of the right kind of T cells that you'll need if you actually come in contact with the virus. So you actually just get a whole big enhancement of your immune response. And I think that's really good reference for anyone that's in that over 60 category that got the AstraZeneca, um, that they will have an enhanced level of immunity coming into the winter yeah. as soon as they get their booster. Yeah, it, um, it, it's hard for the layman to get their head around it. But what I think you're saying to me is that the memory cell immunity, in other words, the, the, the latent immunity that you're, when you get your booster, if you had AstraZeneca or you had Johnson & Johnson, your body goes, oh, hey, here we go, bang quickly yeah and 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 what happens is is that you turn on your immune response again um but the antibody and the cells that you switch on and that you keep for having your memory response are much more powerful than they would have been before and i think that's really good reassurance to people and i know there was a lot of controversy and people in their over 60s were you know in in some ways kind of felt hard done by that they got astrazeneca and then we realized it wasn't as good against delta and they were kind of worrying about that and they had to wait so long for their second dose so i think almost like they're they're phasing into a bit of a bonus now in that this mixing of the vaccine might actually give them a super immune response so i think that's really reassuring for people coming into the winter but i think with the boosters one of the things that will help press fast forward on and I'm hearing in the news this morning is we need to get the pharmacies back on board. They want to be on board to to dole out the boosters and they're not in the programme. And I think they need to be in the programme because they were so, they really added an extra layer um, in terms of accelerating Mm. our rollout of the vaccine. And I think we should be tapping into it. They're community-based People don't need to travel very far. They're very good in these age groups that we're dealing with now, over 60s, over 70s. So I think that we need to revisit that decision. And I think we need to allow them to do what they want to do, which is to help roll out this booster campaign. And it will no doubt accelerate the campaign. I was looking at a report from Singapore during the week where anybody who is now five or six months after their initial vaccination can now walk up and ask for a booster once they're over 30. Yeah, and I suppose lots of other countries have moved on the science around boosters quicker than we have. In fairness, I know that we waited for the initial um, EMA decision around boosters for over a over certain age group. We we did recommend boosters for immunocompromised people before the EMA gave their decision. So we did move quickly on that in fairness. But the biggest issue we've had is that NIAC very quickly made that decision about the over 60s and then weeks went by before it was implemented. So that's our delay there is what we need. We need to play catch up a little bit. Some um, people also point we to, are, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Some people also point to the difference between if if the EMA says green light today, it can be another week and a half, two weeks before NIAC says, yeah, we're okay with that. Like, is it time to start bypassing NIAC and saying once the EMA gives no. the okay, 
political? No, I think NIAC is I think NIAC is a really important body um that has um made really important decisions about the vaccines approvals and the availability in Ireland. So I, I think that the fact that the EMA says, yes, this is great, pretty much every country in Europe would then have their own local committee right. that would just have another look at the data. So they would look at all the data that the EMA had, so all the data from the trials, any safety data, um, and really what they'll be looking for in boosters is, you know, there was some science around the fact that the second shot was associated with more side effects for people. And what they'd be specifically looking for is, is that are the boosters going to cause any more issues? Now, that's not really the case in general, but it might be that somebody who maybe didn't have any side effects first or second time around in terms of being tired or having yeah. a sore arm, that might be worse on a booster dose, yeah. but not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but they look at... They look at the real world data, they look at the safety data, they look at the research. And I think that there's a really good reassurance to people knowing that people of that level of expertise have looked at that data in yeah. detail and they're given that decision. We just need to move quickly on their decisions, though. I take your point. Lastly, and briefly, again, it's about the changing of the science. They're doing great things in Israel now, for example, looking ahead to the future. Maybe we should all be doing that. But from day one, people have been saying to me here, PJ, sure, they told me this last week and they told me this the week before. And it's all changing and I don't know what to believe. Isn't that... Christine, isn't that the nature of something like this? It can change on a sixpence. Yeah, I mean, literally, I mean, somebody could publish a paper tomorrow because they were doing a, a trial in the background and tell us something new and it might change everything. I mean, I do remember uh, going back earlier this year. Do you remember we, we were all talking about the 27th version of the, the, the vaccine rollout? Yes. And what we were trying to say was, it's good that we keep changing things. It means we're progressing. It means that science is telling us more every day and we're able to adjust what we're doing to make sure that we're doing the best that we can. So what we're doing now and the information we have now is like worlds apart from what we had 18 months ago when we were dealing with an unknown. So I think that what people, the way people should view changes in advice, changes in, you know, the vaccine regime or changes in what we're doing is a positive thing because it means we're responding to the new information that we have. And that's, that is, I think, a really positive thing. And people should look at that really positively. I know that people who are very against a lot of what we're doing take those things and make them seem like they're a negative. But I think for the most part, people need to really focus that this is a positive thing. It means that we're moving with the science and that's the best thing for us to be doing. Always a pleasure to have your expertise on the opinion line. Thank you very much. Professor Christine Lusher, Professor of Immunology at Dublin City University. Quartz 96 FM Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 